Stay Sane with Jane, Season 2 Local Legends, the show that helps you to thrive, not just survive, every Wednesday at 11am. Tune in each week as Jane connects with local legends of Dorset, bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness guidance, therapies, courses, retreats and stories happening locally. Each session includes a guided meditation hosted by Jane or one of her special guests. Here's your host, Jane Scanlon. Hello and welcome to season two and episode two. Today we are going to be interviewing Bernadette Casa, and she is a local birth professional working privately for families, providing physical, educational, practical and advocational support for families during their pregnancy journey um, and birth and afterwards. So she's a full spectrum doula and running a wide range of anti-natal and postnatal classes covering Bournemouth and surrounding areas. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, hello everyone. Thank you for having me on this podcast, Jane. It's my absolute pleasure. Tell us a little bit about you, Bernadette. Who who are you primarily? And then we'll get to kind of business um, and what you do. So, um, well, I was born in Hungary and I moved to the UK in 2009. And um, here I am living in Bournemouth. Um, this is the only place where I moved when I moved here. So I didn't move around and I have stayed in this lovely town since then. Oh, you're um, lucky. You moved straight here to a little bit of yeah. paradise. <laughs> yes. No, I love the sea. We love the sea. So, um, and I live here with my family. We have got um, a five years old uh, girl. And uh, yeah, we love the sea, we love the forest, we, we try to venture out a lot um, and um, explore a variety of nice historical places around here as well. Um, regarding my professional development, um, I studied um, um, BA in Hungary, I did a, a university degree there. And um, I slowly, slowly transitioned uh, into um, opening up a bit more towards the um, physiological area of uh, birthing. And yeah. Yeah. And what was, so what was your degree in it? Was it linked as well? Because often, um, kind of the university degrees and then what we actually end up doing are completely different but for some people it is a very clear path for me it was kind of yes and no because I had a dream to become a doctor when I was in my childhood teenage years Mm -hmm. and then didn't really come to the fore when I was in Hungary because of financial reasons, because over there it would have been like really expensive to study medicine. Yeah. And um, so I um, went to study more like um, sociology, psychology, or andragogy is more, uh, it's not such a good translation for what I did. But it was like an all 
humanistic studies, if you like, yeah. that's just maybe. And then yeah. I took um, I took um, an interest in multilinear societies, and I and I went in and researched that in my final years in university, mm-hmm. and that somehow opened up so much for me that I started to focus a lot on on uh, womanhood cross-culturally as well and right through the year, thousands and thousands of years from from uh, the prehistoric times pretty much. Wow that must have been an interesting study. Yeah no oh. I, I loved it I loved it and um, and this Do is somewhat like door for for working with women and then working entering into the world of birthing. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like uh, in the West we have come away from the more, you know, thousands of years ago when we really birthed together as a community with lots of women around us, etc. Do you think in in the West we've uh, gone away from that quite a lot? Yes, yes, disconnected almost. Definitely, is um, it is really down. <clears throat> Generally speaking, it is down to whew, many factors. But yeah, def- we we have come across come away from that. Um, if we go back in time, it's mostly because of the hospitalization of birth. Yes. So that took the woman out of her normal community and put her into a sterile environment. Um, first of all, on her own. And then later on, especially in the UK, later on, maybe about seventies, I think eighties, when when fathers slowly, you know, managed to get into the birthing room to be with to be with her with their partner. Yeah. But if we go back in time, uh, when we were mostly giving birth at home, we had support of a midwife well the history of midwifery was nearly up and down up and down <laughs> yes. yeah so we we have lost a lot we have lost a lot of knowledge even more so because when you go back even more back to the middle age um you know midwives uh, were burning at stake as well during the witch hunt really? yeah. yeah they were classified as healers but they yeah. were yeah, so. yeah oh it's shocking it gives me goosebumps yeah yeah but that's yeah that really did happen and it was just women helping and and healing and bringing you know helping bring life into the world with the midwives exactly mm. exactly and and you know they all in their small uh close-knit communities they know the midwives and um young girls uh were helping out you know, yes. uh, for example, the neighbor was giving birth and then, okay, that was the midwife. But there were other women from the villages. That would help so, with maybe the other children or the household exactly. chores and the animals. Yeah. yeah. Just warming up the food, just playing under the hands of the midwife, just to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this way, younger girls were exposed to hearing and seeing a laboring woman. So it wasn't that alien like it is yeah. maybe now okay now yeah. we have youtube we, we see many now we've got the tv but they only show real a uh, kind of crazy stuff <laughs> no, that's, that's just a show i never honestly i watched one 
little bit of bonbon every minute. No, no, it's just. It's just I did a, too, oh. and I was like, "This is just so dramatized. Mm. This isn't. This isn't what's anything like what my birthing experience was like." And I don't think it really portrays much of a positive image for no. for women who are going to be birthing soon or want to in their future it just wouldn't fill you with joy seeing no. that sort of drama would it yeah and it feels yeah it's we are at the beginning with an element of the unknown because we are not seeing women giving birth and yeah. then adding this totally skewed image to the mm. to the cauldron of this topic oh yeah that's not very good yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in your field. Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, sorry, I already went into this. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. Is... You know, when you came to Bournemouth, um, have you always been a doula here? Or... Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, yes, no, I trained to be a doula here. So I moved in 2009 and I think it was 2011. It was such a long time. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, 2011, December, when I trained with nurt uh, nurturing birth. I don't know if I can say, sorry. Yeah, so I trained um, in the UK to be a doula. Yes, and then in 2013, I uh, applied for university and I studied midwifery in UWE um, in Bristol. Okay. But I left the NHS. Um, yes, so, and I and um, now I'm working privately and uh, I find it is a lot better because um, I'm true to myself and true to the values uh, that are important for for me and for uh, families and then for women. So, mm. yeah, that's like a little snippet of my journey. Well, when I when I look back um, at my life in general, yeah. <laughs> I think I can I can almost see that everything that was happening almost like um, pushed me towards this way mm -hmm. to work in birthing because um, I also teach belly dancing and I started belly dancing in 2000. Yeah. And that was already a major step in this field. I was always a dancer, but we were, you know, it was mixed groups, girls and boys. But mm -hmm. when, when, uh, we, when we were doing belly dancing, it was mostly amongst women. Mm -hmm. And I think, I believe that was a massive influence as well. And then I'm... Um, can you explain why a little bit? Because I, I'm i very drawn to it. And I haven't come to one of your classes yet. I must do. Um, but I know, I know people that have, and they say it's a wonderful experience. Um, and I don't know whether it's similar if you do the different types of yoga, but there's there's one that's like very feminine and it really <laughs> opens up like the kundalini energy and the chakras and um i imagine that belly dancing does something similar with the movements I, 
I think so. I think so too. But what we have to know about ballet dancing, that is ballet dancing, the roots of ballet dancing as old as humankind. Um, because um, dancing was originally a form of prayer that they were dancing to connect uh, with, uh, with the higher um, forces, their, their gods uh, and goddesses. And um, they use it as prayer for uh, fertility, for the for nature, and for their own bodies. Um, and then we are talking long, 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 long since yeah. being of humankind. So one thing I can imagine that probably happened that the collective subconscious basically collected so much. Um, symbols and variety of archetypes that really ties in to this massive pool of knowledge and imagery and symbols. And for example, things like you mentioned, um, the energetical, um, the, the chakra connections and, and all the things that you mentioned regarding yoga, mm. I am pretty sure that something like that uh, also present we uh, when 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 women do belly dancing, I I haven't necessarily researched the energetical side of each yeah. movement, but that would be rather interesting, I think. But yeah, it's a very strong hip movement, and uh, that's basically the root of it. And of course, during uh, the years, it developed, it got cleared out, you know, got stage stageable now, mm -hmm. you know different arm holds and positions but back then obviously it was a lot um roar mm -hmm. if there is such a word yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's, it's definitely something so feminine and i believe is pow uh, powerful for for women to to do either behind closed doors when they are just on their own or amongst the door women so mm -hmm. it's quite free and do you feel it's connected, or how do you feel it's connected with your work within um, birthing and, you know, the kind of feminine divine? How, how is that connected? Well, it is connected in a way that um, women, like, it is a benefit for women that they really focus on their bodies, what they feel, and it makes women hip conscious. So, and when we are coming down to being hip conscious, we are already around the area uh, that is basically the gateway for baby, for femininity, for mm -hmm. all this world. And uh, the other big thing that uh, ties belly dancing in with birthing is that um, traditionally, in the East, um, how um, Eastern women um, supported uh, laboring, their, their laboring fellow women, <clears throat> is that they were in their own little tent mm -hmm. and um, the laboring woman was standing in the middle of the tent. So obviously mm -hmm. that were like either a pole or something that was holding up the tent so she was around so she can support herself. And they dig the hole in the ground and obviously they laid it out with nice um, 
what textiles and they I think they use the socket to invite tea and all sorts of things to mm-hmm. so that is um good for the newborn so it's suitable for the newborn to arrive and the um members of uh, this uh, tribe the late the other supporting women were dancing around her um that was good for two reasons that they were chanting and they were doing these repetitive hip movements with sort of like an induced kind of a hypnotic state that yeah. women to enter the labor land, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> and the other, they were showing the hip movements to the laboring mom, uh, how to move, uh, because it is very interesting, the movements of belly dancing, um, it helps women during labor to not work against the contractions. Mm. There. So it, it, it is kind of quite special um, dance and how, how the two things um, really come, come together. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I told you a little um, that I had a home birth as well with my lovely daughter Um, it was when I lived back in South London in Croydon and they had um, a lovely NHS birthing uh, home birthing team so you got you got the option and of course I was like yes of course I want (laughs) this Um, and thankfully the that hospital Croydon University Hospital was um, has got a really really amazing home birthing team who are all into um you know homeopathy um uh, um essential oils and all all kinds of <clears throat> wonderful things and i had a, a birthing pool at home as well um and it was just it was such a magical experience to have these um there was two lovely midwives there was my mum there and my sister there um, and it was just, it was that woman yeah. uh, kind yeah. of, you know, tribal yeah. energy. It was really, really amazing. Um, so if if I were pregnant again, what <laughs> would, um, and I wanted a home birth. I don't even know if Bournemouth has home birthing teams. Um, mm. But... <clears throat> You know, if if I wanted a doula, what? How would I go about creating this this beautiful um, experience? Yeah. So, um, generally speaking, when when someone gets in touch with a doula, we we offer a free um, chat to find out if we if we are a good match. Um, I do the same. So, um, for example, word of mouth, online, in whatever information that you come across and you cho- decide, oh, I like this lady, I want to check her out, then <laughs> um, I'm present everywhere, like social media, email, you name it. So mm-hmm. then the women get in touch with me and then we, we meet up, we have a chat, and then um, if, if, uh, if, if we find that we are a good fit, then um, we can start to work together. Um, what I tend to do is um, 
it's a, it's a tricky thing because uh, some some uh, sometimes uh, doulas just want to wait that 20 weeks mark to be sure that everything is okay with the baby yeah but i then i don't want to i i don't like waiting that late because um uh, we are already missing out of that first um, four months five months mm-hmm. um and then um so when whenever the woman gets in touch with me, then we slowly, slowly, you know, and she decides to uh, she wants to work with me, then we slowly build up a connection. If it's too early, because my my recent doula client, I think she got in touch with me, like literally, probably having the physical <laughs> okay, I want to doula. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, okay, fine. You know, we met up, we talked, and then. We slowly, slowly exchanged emails and uh, messages and everything like that. And then somehow, maybe 15, 16 weeks, we just started to meet up. I usually, I like to meet up with my clients, with my doula clients, twice a month. Yeah. I know it might be a bit too much, especially if we start to work so early on, but then we the, the advantage is there that I really know what that woman like, what that family like yes. uh, in terms of um, all the wishes, of course, around birth and, and just a general uh, personality. Yeah, it's and energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's important because uh, there are, obviously, we are all different. Um, some women like to have uh, birth support, um, like really hands-on, really encouraging. Some women uh, just like, no, just just leave me alone a little bit. Just leave me alone. Yeah. So, so yeah. some women, and and, and, and I won't know. It's true. Uh, like yeah. sometimes I can imagine that they're like one way, and then when they're in the birthing process, they might be completely different. Because I think I I. Yeah, there was moments where I was like, just stop talking to me. We just need to be silence in this room. (laughs) And other, you know, other points, probably before that, I was just chit-chatting away, you know. Yes, yes, yes. No, absolutely. And then if if I know the person so well, I can read the body language. So Mm. that that is really important. Like being able to read between the lines of being able to read between the body languages yeah. <laughs> what is that so yeah is um we meet twice a month and um it, it really depends on what birth uh, my clients uh, wish to have because i have worked with women who wanted to have uh, their elective section and then then i was working with that so yes. for for me is is not literally like natural birth and nothing else is what yeah. my clients need and and what support they need with with that uh, uh, particular wish that is mm. that's very important yeah that's really that's really good um because the, you know yeah thing things can change as well towards the end and if you'd oh, yeah. been working with a doula all this time and then actually 
you do have to go into hospital it would you know it's it's amazing that you still continue that journey together that must be so important yes no absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. and they um what, what I usually include in, in the doula package is uh, hypnobirthing, if they wish to do it, and um, a, a few biomechanics for birth positions and adjustments to, to make sure that all the um, inner ligaments and tendons and muscles are in the right place so that labor dystocia doesn't happen, which means like the baby takes a lot of time to come through the birth canal. Yes, I um, I read a brilliant book. Can I remember what it's called? The Natural Birthing Method by Dr. Guru Murphy or something. It's an Ayurvedic book. And that's, yeah, that's what I read. And she really spoke about the... Um, what she saw in the Western world and what she saw Mm -hmm. in India um, and the different diets and lifestyles that were slowing down and making births a lot harder in the Western Mm -hmm. world. Um, And she was starting to see it in India too, just because of things like fast food and all of that and more a sedentary lifestyle so within the book it had all different exercises it had the different um kind of um stretches to Mm -hmm. help with the birthing um and it had the ayurvedic diets in there as well yeah which um and out of my whole nct uh, group how many were there I think there were six I think there were six of us mm-hmm. one was pregnant with twins so oh. she was going to have a c-section anyway at the start um and I think I was the only one in the end that had a natural birth wow. because yeah. there was just so many complications yeah yeah, yeah which I think it's probably quite unusual for a, a group of six mm-hmm. women maybe I, I mean I don't know no you're shaking your head no it's not yeah, yeah. but I I went on this like Ayurvedic <laughs> diet I did <laughs> my lifestyle before having my baby and and getting pregnant was not very healthy so like I shifted <laughs> dramatically um yeah like no yeah. this is a sign from god it is time to change <laughs> no that is, that is brilliant you know i think i think it is really important is it's not only purely for the fact that it was beneficial for you but mm-hmm. having that change of mindset understanding oh okay my life cannot continue how it was before I need to make certain adjustments. And that point that triggered the change, I think that is really, that's the journey from maiden to mother, isn't it? Part. Yes. And that's, that's already a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. And it is um, regarding the kind of diet and things like that. 
I don't think a lot of people realise how much of a workout it is giving birth. Mm. Um, And your body does require you know some um well for your for your muscles and everything to be in quite good condition for it to flow um yeah do you do you give any advice on kind of nutrition and that side of things or do you stick with the more psychology um side yeah yeah um well i do when we start so because i keep on tenator classes as well um, but when I work with, uh, with, uh, on a one-to-one basis with my doula clients, so let's just imagine I can bring the antenatal class approach into the doula support as well, but mm-hmm. not all the sessions, because then I bring all the sessions and then lots of doulas that I would move in with them. That's just yeah. so much time. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I'm, um, going back to this is because in my antenatal classes as well as in 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 doula support i do um focus on on a lot on nutrition yes but i don't tend to give like oh eat this and that change your diet that because all of us are different yeah it's just more like generally speaking what nutrients are important um yeah basically that and and obviously if they have something really bad like i don't know eating a whole cake every day you know system a little <laughs> <laughs> because of course now there are more, more people out there vegan vegetarian i don't know than the religious approach you know um Many people have different uh, views, you know, um, if I work with Arabic women, they might, uh, you know, focus on that to follow their diet. So mm. it, it is very complex, but definitely I, and and I focus on good quality supplements, like yeah. not, not just the average one that we grab off the shelf in boots. Yeah, because a lot so of those are, are kind of man-made, more chemical yeah kind of then they're not from the natural source are they some of the versions Mm. yeah no i've no no and then and the lifestyle like like you said that's uh that's everything that is everything yes Uh, exercise um yeah less like literally the moment someone becomes pregnant i would say drop anything that that is stressful but obviously in our modern world this this might not be feasible but stress is an extremely bad uh, element that can seep in during pregnancy and cause cause havoc yeah yeah stress can be uh, just horrendous on on the body and the mind can't it so it would be yes. on a fetus and yeah too yeah 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 <laughs> so if um for our listeners have you got any advice or top tips that something that they can kind of implement 
for free or get information somewhere, something that's going to make their lives, their, their kind of birthing journeys a little bit easier. <clears throat> oh, sorry, just we've, lots of... we've got a little bit of a, a lag here, I think. Messages we? coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's okay now. I've got a few little windows popping up all at once. So, <laughs> what I would advise, what I would recommend from the get go is, um, um, definitely exercise fresh air fresh air uh -huh. that's like every day go for a walk if they can um and um yeah lots of water water yeah no fanta whatever <laughs> mexico yeah everybody everybody yeah. stop drinking that fizzy stuff it's really not good for you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and and early on start to kind of maybe read books I'd sooner say than search online because the bad thing with with, with googling lots of stuff um, is is that maybe the website looks reliable where they display the information but maybe the information is wrong mm. um, I'd be very, 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 um, well, I'm, generally speaking, I'm very um, picky what I read online. Um, obviously, from my professional perspective, I, I sooner read um, like research papers, first source of information, or second, third, God knows down the line. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and um, what is very important to be clued up, generally speaking, about birth rights. Um, I would definitely advise parents to follow this organization, the birth rights organization. Um, they have a lot of good information about women's rights during pregnancy, birth, okay, and beyond. That's so, good. And I think it's really, really, really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really. So start reading some good books have you got any of your kind of what would be your top sort of birthing books yeah uh there are really there are there are like over the last i don't know 10 20 years there was mm -hmm. there are so many amazing books published yeah i think like uh sheila kitzinger she was a british on social anthropologist that gravity that went slowly into birthing. Mm -hmm. um, Sarah Wickham, Dr. Sarah Wickham, no, her website is good. <laughs> She's uh -huh. all, all about birthing. Yeah. <laughs> she is an independent researcher. Um, Dr. Rachel Reed, she's Australian. She works in Australia. So, mm -hmm. but that, because it, that is dif different. They are a little bit more medicalized than uh, here in the UK. And that's the other thing, actually. Obviously, we're, this is about local, local support. So we're thinking about yes. our local hospitals and things like that. But actually, obviously, this is going out onto the net. So anyone can, can watch this and listen to this. And the, the kind of birthing rules around the world are completely different. 
I was considering moving to France Mm -hmm. around 10-ish years ago. And when I found out about the birthing kind of laws, regulation, I thought, no, I'm not. Because I thought I was, I was hoping I would have a second child. Anyway, I've, I don't, Um, I just have one. But that just put me off because, you know, you're, you're in a hospital you you could probably get a private doula but basically you're in a hospital you're either having full drugs protocol or no drugs there's nothing in between and mm-hmm. you are in a bed in stirrups full yeah. stop but the the thing what surprises me <laughs> oh, no way. Is, is that i don't i you know, I, I like to say that I don't understand why they're still forcing it because it is obviously just non-scientific. So yeah. it's like point blank, no evidence that actually suggests that is a good way to give birth. <laughs> it's just purely because it's just un- it just goes against the birth physiology. Yeah. And and it's just mind blowing that that doctors don't understand in certain countries. And like yourself said, um, looking at things in like looking at the birthing world or maternity care in different countries, yeah, it is so weird. We are more or less the same people, of course. You know, there are little dif- bit of differences because the lifestyle is different. The difference. Mm-hmm exposure, different diet, different genetic, okay, but we are still the same sort of (laughs) but then you look at the US horrendous mortality rate really yeah wow Mm. yeah and then look at other countries like the northern like Scandinavian countries they are amazing when it comes to maternity care. I mean, it's, it's just crazy, I think. It's just wow. Crazy. So is it all about money? It, power, power, money, power. purely. I know there is a lot of ifs and buts um, if we were to have a conversation about the why of obstetric care. But yeah. at the end, it all boils down to... Power, power, money, yeah, patriarchal, you know, yeah, that kind of, yeah. So we are. I mean, the we're very lucky in the UK to be able to have a choice because some do not. Yeah. Or, or they have to, yeah. And I know in the US, it, it depends which state, but in in mm. quite a few states, there are no midwifery care whatsoever. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. But then there are other states where, like, it is amazing, you know, like rural, I don't know, Canada or, <laughs> yeah, and you have, like, midwives, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Through the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so have you got any? Um, have you got an offer 
for our audience? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I've uh, I've got a coupon code. I think it's Jane five percent. I actually don't remember. <laughs> percent. Um, I have to have a look. I think is. I think it's Jane. I think that's how I brought it, Jane, 5%. But if it doesn't work, um, just email me and yeah. say that uh, that you have listened to this podcast and you would like to, I don't know, take part in any of my antenatal classes or uh, have dual support. And if I know that um, you are somebody who listened to this uh, podcast, then I'll obviously give you the, the discount. And the other thing... Um, you can have a half an hour consultation with me for free of charge regarding anything, whether, um, you know, talking about maybe previous birth traumas or um, anything like birth planning and things like that. So, mm. yeah, that's that's my offer. Fantastic. Okay. Um so we will, I will put down all the details um, of how to get in touch with Bernadette and you can search for her Womanly Art of Birth. You can search on Facebook um, and it's also scrolling down the bottom if you are watching us. Um, she's an independent birth professional. She's got lots of amazing um, services there for you. Um, from doula services to um, pre and postnatal and also belly dancing as well. So um, connect with Bernadette through her email, Bernadette at womanlyartofbirth.co.uk. You can connect with her website uh, also on Facebook. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to interview you. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. And I really hope that um, the audience enjoyed this conversation and it was lovely to talk with you. Fantastic. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay Sane with Jane, Season 2, Local Legends, the show that helps you to thrive, not just survive, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Tune in each week as Jane connects with local legends of Dorset, bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness guidance, therapies, courses, retreats and stories happening locally. Each session includes a guided meditation hosted by Jane or one of her special guests. Here's your host, Jane Scanlon. Hello, wasn't that a magnificent interview? Um, I'm so super pleased um, we got to have Bernadette on the show today. So we're now shifting down a gear and we're going into the meditative part of the show. Um, so sit back, kick back, get comfortable and we are going to take a chill pill. Today we are tuning into an earth element guided meditation. 
to begin this meditation, please bring kind awareness to what the phrase earth element means to you. How your belly, chest and head feel when you reflect on this topic, this energy. Tune in to any emotions that show up. And any positive or negative impact stories that you believe in regarding this topic. And just remember, there are many other people out there feeling similarly about this as you. But with increased awareness and increased mindfulness, we can use this um, in our everyday life. So please take a seat. Maintain a kind of neutral spine position. If you're sitting on a chair, try to avoid leaning back. Just use that core and keep both feet firmly on the ground. Place your hands in your lap. Just promoting a little relaxation in the shoulders. Chin level, eyes closed, or gazing low and soft. Breathe quietly in and out through your nose. Take a few cycles of breath to feel settled, to intentionally arrive in your meditation. Begin to lengthen the exhale breath. No forcing, just a gentle nudging. And with each exhale, bring awareness to the points of your body that are connected with the seat. And be aware that beneath your seat, beyond the floor beneath you, beyond the structure building, is the earth.
in this quiet and stillness. Bring attention to your physical body. Begin with the form of the body, the general outer silhouette, the overall shape. You might visualize the body as just an outline. Or slowly fill in all the details. But rest in the awareness of the outer form of the body your skin, your hair, and your nails. And then turn your attention a little further inward. Are aware of the flesh and the muscles of the body. The layers just below the skin. Further inward, bring awareness to the bones, the skeletal structure of the body, holding you tall, supporting you. both the muscles and the skeletal system, protecting all your most vital inner organs. And then turn attention again further inward towards those organs. Maybe you can sense the movement of the lungs. Or the beat of the heart. Is it possible to sense any other organs? the stomach, the kidney, the liver.
and I invite you to keep going inward until you reach the level of the body at a cellular structure. You could zone in on one small detailed area or hold awareness of a general sense of all the atoms and molecules that create your form. And then draw your awareness to the dance of these molecules at the edge of what we think are the boundaries of our body. These tiny particles, always in exchange with the space and the form around us, We know that the breath is a means of exchange between outer and inner worlds. Particles in, particles out. We know that we are constantly shedding hair, skin, nails. But what about this connection right here and right now? Between our body and the earth. All particles of your body continually in exchange with the earth around you. Zoom in to the space between your body and the object upon which you sit. Can you see the boundary line? What does it look like at its most microscopic level? There's a dance, a play, an exchange. All of the elements that make up you are the very same elephant elements that make up the world around you. All of the earth elements which make the ground underneath you solid are the same earth elements which make the cushion or the chair upon which you sit. And these are the same earth elements which create the shape of your human body. 
all of it the same, all of it connected. All of it vibrating. So rest in the awareness that there is no separation between you and the earth. Energy within reflects energy without. Energy without comes from energy within. Your calm breath, your quiet mind, your stillness create the same in the space all around you. we come back to the bigger picture, to the feeling of the silhouette of our body and the weight of that body on the chair, our feet on the floor, connected to the earth around us, sitting tall, bringing a little bit of movement into the body. Taking some deep energetic breaths. Starting to open your eyes, come back and notice the world, the earth around you and place a beautiful smile upon your face. You are grounded, you are here, you are always connected to the earth. Exchanging particles, exchanging energy, exchanging vibration. Thank you so much for joining me on this guided meditation. My name is Jane Scanlon and I look forward to seeing you on the next Meditation, a combination of mindfulness and meditation. Just search for me, Jane Scanlon, um, like and subscribe.